Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi everyone, here's the show. <laughs> I just said that uh, previously. Anyway, I hope you're all having a great week. It just started, so make it a great week. Uh, I'm Dory. He's Matt. Oh, that's true. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. That's Dory. Yep. We're back. We are back. And better than ever. Are we? I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, we're not bad. Uh, no. I mean, look, everything's... Uh, Dory's car is uh, still in the shop. Yep. It'll be back uh, hopefully this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I went over there during the week and extended the time on the on the rental Nissan Rogue. Yeah, I, I feel like we should have maybe extended it to Thursday. I'm sure it'll be no problem. Okay. Whatever it is we have to do. All right, cool. Okay. Uh, so now professionals are handling it. Yep. 
Yeah. Matt, I, Matt hasn't God. been staying up till four in the morning fixing the car. I got to be honest. It's been nice. I've been going to bed before midnight every night since the car has gone away. <laughs> I feel like something was causing something. Uh, um, and uh, yeah. Should we tell everyone about the great show we've been watching together? Guys, if you're not on Instant Hotel, get on it. It's Netflix's number one program for me. (laughs) It's an Australian show where people who rent their houses out on like Airbnb, they never exactly say Airbnb. No, they Um, don't. It's I've I've figured out the easiest way to explain this to people. Okay. Um, Uh, four sets, five sets, five sets. So here it is, guys. Let me explain this to everybody. Five sets of couples who have Airbnbs of their own together stay in each other's Airbnbs and rate them. The highest rated uh, Airbnb at the end of the program wins a fabulous trip to America to stay in Palm Springs. <laughs> to stay at one of the top instant hotels in the world. <laughs> yes. So these Airbnbs are called instant hotels. Yep. <laughs> uh, look, I'm learning a lot about Australian geography. Same. I feel much more well-versed in, in the various Ugh. regions of Australia. Brisbane, Bondi, uh, Byron. Byron Bay. Melbourne. Uh, Bossa. What is it? Uh, Barossa. Barossa. The Barossa Valley. Of course, where all the wine comes from. Yep. Right? It's silly of me not to say that correctly. Um, you know, I'm really just having a great time with it because it's delightful. to it. I described it to, uh, I was talking to Annie and I was saying that it is, it's like the best parts of HGTV without the building. Oh, totally. It's because it's like, it's a reveal every episode yeah. starts with a reveal yeah, yeah, and then yeah. and then judgment totally. <laughs> from everybody involved. <laughs> also, there's one woman on the show who literally every show reminds us that she's in the top 1% of reviewers on TripAdvisor. On Trip <laughs> top 1% of reviews on TripAdvisor? So I know. I know what makes a good hotel. <laughs> she doesn't really talk like that. But. She does. Um. Yeah, she literally says it every time. So, you know, in case you're wondering, I mean, some of you, of course, were on this boat a long time ago. Yeah, we just got on it. People have been telling me to watch it for a while. I well, have... it, it, as you said, it kind of brings together a lot of your interests. It does. And, and Netflix's engine was correct in that it was a 98% match. Oh, I wonder what 2% they didn't think matched with you. Uh, Probably the accents. <laughs> Um, but I, I just, I'm having a, it's a great show. It's a great show. Look at, we got the season finale of, of season one to watch I'm tonight. Excited. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and we have, we, we have, we have season two and that's it. Yeah. And then I started watching uh, Blown Away, which is the glass blowing competition show. Such a good also on Netflix. show title. Like, yes. Perfect show title. I guarantee you title first then they're like what is that okay yes this is what it is oh. guaranteed they were like is it a show about sailboats or a show about glass blowing they were they were correct and yeah. it's well it'd be a lot cheaper to just do a glass blowing where i have to go out to sea with people mm, true how many episodes is that show uh i don't know i've got one more yeah 
Yeah, you, I started it last you night. Binge well, that's because it's twenty-two minutes long. Yeah, instant hotel so it took, or an hour it took, long. It took like two and a half hours to go through nearly the entire season. Mm, I get it. So, uh, yeah, two great uh, Netflix recommendations, everybody. Yep. Can't wait to see what happens to Babe in Bondi. <laughs> That would be Bondi, her daughter, who was named after the beach. That they live at. Bondi. Bondi Beach. Um, and also, my favorite pair of people is the country country siblings. They have to, like, title everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but you also... Beck and Tristan. Yeah. You also like Mark and Janine. I love Mark and Janine. I was sad they didn't come back for the final judging. Oh, I wish Mark and Janine I wish they'd back. been on the jury. Mark and Janine. <laughs> And they'd never been to America. It's quite all right. It's pretty good, right? Uh, I don't want a margarita. <laughs> this is all. This will all be very funny recollections if you have nuts if you've seen it. So, uh, yeah, I just a big fan. Like the first group had some genuinely nice people in it, and then the second group had three genuinely nice people. <laughs> yeah. Like out of the whole bunch, um, two two of them the country the country siblings. Uh, yeah, and then the second group of people, there were some real like there were people who were like, "We're going to be the villains." Yes, and they played it so well. And when we finally get to see their homes, it's hilarious <laughs> because both of their homes are just. Don't give it away. Uh, ready to watch, everybody. Get ready to watch. <laughs> so if if you're wondering what to do after you finish up uh, with this episode of the podcast, head on over to Netflix. And uh, fire up Instant Hotel. Fire up Instant Hotel. Thank us later. Yep. Uh, don't spoil anything in email form yeah. for season two. Yeah, we'll be By very the time mad. You, you start emailing us, we'll have finished season one. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're happy to open discussions for season one yep. next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to weigh in. Um, but I, uh, yeah, really, I've been having a great time with it. And it's a show we watch together. Yes, it is. And the glass bowing competition is not a show we watch together. You know, but I would have watched that with you. Yeah, I know. But you just started it without me. Yeah, and then it just kept playing, and I couldn't find the remote. <laughs> to the point where I was like, are you still watching this? And I was like, I guess I am. <laughs> so I hit the continue button. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so that happened. Pretty uh, exciting. What else is happening here? Um, we went to Henry's three-month appointment. We had uh, some Henry-tastic days here this recently. Yeah. Henry's three-month uh, appointment. I went to that, and then I went to work afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, good news, everybody. Henry's fine. Yeah. He's like literally, knock on wood, totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was nothing that they even were like, we want to keep an eye on this. It was just like, nope, he looks good. <laughs> right. And I think that, uh, you know, he's in the 57th percentile for weight. Which yep. I was like, this is great. This is a great part of the bell curve for weight to be in. Don't be in my part of the bell curve. Honey, I don't like this negative self-talking. I'm not negative self-talking. I'm positive baby talking. Mm, yeah, so there's a difference. I don't think it's healthy to like fixate on a baby's weight. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not fixating on a baby's weight. 
yet. Uh, no, he's great. 57th percentile weight, 80 something on height. He was 80 height. Okay, and uh, 96. I think it was 98. 97 percentile for head size. Huge head. <laughs> Huge head for his age. That percent has just kept going up. <laughs> yes. It was like 86 at one point. Yeah. <laughs> now it's 90 something. His head keeps growing. He keeps getting longer. Yeah. Um, he's, he's desperate to roll over. Oh, he wants it so bad. I feel like it's going to happen this week. Yeah. He keeps like going onto his side and then sort of like. If not, I mean, yeah. He's been waking up, guys, at, like, various times. Last night was good. He woke up first time at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And then our pediatrician was like, he's probably hungry at that point. You should give him a little more food. And I was like, oh, man. So. But, no, she said if he wakes up twice. Oh, to give I just him gave him food. three ounces. I know you did. But I did, and he went down, and he was out till 6.30. Yeah. Which is the time he's supposed to get up. Well, he, he was up at 6.10. I'd rather do that than 4.30, 4.40 feet. Yeah, you know I what I mean? You. Especially I when I'm going to get up yeah. like a half hour after that. Yeah, I hear you. It's going to be the point like tomorrow, if he wakes up at 4.30, I don't know if I'll go back to sleep. You know what I mean? Because mm. I'll be up for like 15 minutes dealing with him. Yeah. And then it'll be 45 minutes before my alarm will go off. I know, but it might be nice to just go back and snooze. Oh, sure. We all feel better after a half snooze. Um, yeah, so that that's good. We took Henry out and about yesterday for what I would describe as a disastrous <laughs> attempt at checking out open houses. Yeah. Guys, we're not buying a house anytime soon, but our... Financial coach, person, teacher, who teaches finance. His name's Dylan. Mm -hmm. Dylan teaches finance. Yep. Anyway, uh, he suggested that we just start going to open houses to just kind of scope things out, get the lay of the land. See what's doing out there. Yeah, make it feel more real. Yes. So we put we took the baby out in my car, and we went out and hit the town. The town, yeah, we did hit the town. We hit the town of Pasadena. Town of Pasadena. We hit the town of uh, Burbank. Burbank, and then we could not hit the town of our house fast enough. After that, <laughs> I was like, I feel sick. Oh, and I was I'm so nauseous. Starving. I was so nauseous <laughs> and so hungry because we—I don't even remember what time we left. We headed out at like eleven thirty or something. Yeah, Henry did pretty great in the car. Yeah. And out and about at the bookstore that we went to. Yeah, we went to Vroman's. Yeah. Um, I would give Henry Which top marks. Which did not have a changing table in the did men's room. not have a changing table. In it, and I was like, okay. And I took him out there and I was like, here you go. And I, I mean, the women's room didn't really have a changing table. They just had a sort of like sad little cabinet. I'd take it. There was nothing I in there. I could have, I, I mean, maybe so... I put him on a urinal or something. <sighs> Fix that, Vroman's. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, or just have like one family bathroom, yeah. you know, where you got the changing table and totally. the toilet. Um, anyway, I'm not here to talk about bathroom fixtures until I actually go to an open house. We failed guys. We left twice, two days in a row. 
We went yeah. to go check out open houses. Utter failure. Yesterday, the, there were two that I had seen online. And I was like, oh, these look decent. And then we drove by them. We were like, nope. Um, One of them was like behind my first apartment when I moved to Pasadena in 2007. Yeah, we can't live And there. I was like, it's so hot out here. Yeah. Yeah, there was like no shade. Um, and then today we went to, we tried to go to an open house of a house that Matt really likes. Two doors from Matt Gorley. And there... Think about the convenience of podcasting. We drove all the way out to Pasadena. It was a one, one o'clock to five o'clock. One to three. One to three. And we got there and there's a sign on the door that the open house was canceled and they were so sorry. Yeah, just a printed sign, very small print. And I was like, why? I know. Why is it canceled? And, uh, it was very upsetting. I was supposed to be practicing for when I'm eventually ready to think about a house. Exactly. <laughs> and then we drove, uh, there were a couple open house signs around, so we, went, we, we drove by, did a couple drive-bys. One of them was nice. But four houses were for sale on that street, so we think either the street is haunted or... Um, I think it was just so close to the freeway. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's it. So they all decide to sell at the same time? I think, I think they just... They, they're, they're fed up. Okay. They're all fed up. I'll tell you, they were, two of them were like delightful looking. Yeah. Uh, but they were all in Pasadena, and I was like thinking about how long my commute would be, and I got real sad inside. Mm. So anyway, uh, and then we had his, we had class today with him. Yeah. He did some playtime yep. by laying on his back and eating a kid's foot. It was um, very cute. It was very cute. The kids just hung out, chilled yeah. out, ride it up. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then, and then we met with Dylan. Then we had our meeting with Dylan where Dylan was like, Matt. Why haven't you done anything you're supposed to do? And I was like, that's me. <laughs> anyway, long story short. It's been quite a family-oriented week here. Has been. Yes. Um, I also want to mention... He got us to open a, a, a savings account we didn't have before. Yeah. You know, we have a regular sort of uh, savings going into that at this point. Um, we've discussed houses. We've I mean, look, we're much further along yeah. with that kind of thing than we would have been. I have a budget for guitars, repair, guitar parts, guitars, gambling. Mm -hmm. All these gambling little book. budgets, guys. Things I never would have set up on my own. Um, a bunch of people have asked us for his information and I talked with him and he is going to offer our listeners 20% off their first month. It's not even a real ad guys. This is just, this a, is just us. This I, is just a, I we did this on my own. We did this on our own situation because we, we really like Dylan and we wanted to share him with the eggheads. Um, so if you sign up on his website, which is Dylan teaches finance.com, mm -hmm. it's Dylan with a Y. Um, and you mention that you listen to the show or you're fans of the show or whatever, uh, you'll get 20% off your first month. And what he does with everyone, he meets with you first. Like you don't pay him. You just meet with him just yeah. to feel each other out. Gauge the sort of, sort of thing. The Can sitch. I help you? Yeah. Are you reasonable human beings? Yeah. 
Um, and then if you sign up with him and he'll explain all this, then you would get 20% off your first month. Yeah. Uh, but look, if you're like me and you don't think about things, but you want to think about things, highly recommended. Hashtag technically not an ad. Not an ad. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> Should we take a break? We could, but we could also discuss the latest development in cycling technology. Oh, sure. You guys, I went for a bike ride today. Yeah, he did. That's the latest development. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little, Ben Henry went down for a nap, and then I was like, I'm going to go for a ride just to see if I can move my legs anymore. And, uh, you know, I did about seven miles. Uh,. And it was great on a Sunday. No, no cars were out. Just cruising along in my helmet with my, my padded taint. Thank you. Under bike shorts, guys. These <laughs> underwear bike shorts are the best because you can wear regular shorts over it. You don't look like a weirdo. Yeah. So I just had a t-shirt on. Those, 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 those undershorts, some, and some Nike basketball shorts and, Throw some sneakers on. Hit the town. There's one, uh, there's a speedometer on um, San Vicente. Like mm -hmm. it says, your speed. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of fun to go past that and try to hit what, that. I was 17. Was oh, that's fast. Yeah, I was pumping, you know? Yeah. I was pumping the blood, pumping the, pumping yeah. the, pumping the legs. I mean, you came home and you were sweating well it was also very sunny out it was very sunny out i did realize though guys that work nice thing about work is that it, the sun will always be on my back right i'll be riding into the sun well and also you have to get to work so early yeah that the sun won't even be so won't be out <laughs> yeah so we'll see we'll see how it goes guys trying to you know get healthy and 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 make sure make sure that uh henry has a uh, me around for a while. <laughs> ah. Anyway, I'm very tired. Wicked tired, guys. Long story short, we'll be right back after a word from these kind peoples. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. 
and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right. We're back. Hi, Better everyone. than ever. Yep. Lots to discuss. Mm-hmm. Up to and including an email from Allison. But before the email from Allison, don't forget to leave your Apple Podcast reviews. Join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. Uh, it's for you guys. It's a resource. It's there. It's a bunch of people going through the same shit we all went through. It has a life of its own. I mean, there's people in that group who don't even listen to the podcast. Totally. They are just here for you. So if you're thinking about maybe recommending the podcast to someone who doesn't listen to podcasts, you could also say, you know what, just go on there. Go on the Facebook group. You'll find out a lot of information there. Uh, our website is excellentadventure.com. You can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash excellentadventure. And you can also Twitter with us at excellentpod. Our email, Dory and Matt at Gmail and Matt and Dory at Gmail. The phone number, 413-461-BABY. Here we go. This is Allison. Hello, finally. A signal I can respond to. Love when that happens. I'm responding to the email regarding two-vessel umbilical cord. I have one science baby who's 18 months old, and I'm 31 weeks pregnant with my second. Congrats. My first science baby had a two-vessel cord, and the doctor's concern was that the baby's growth may be stymied because he wasn't getting enough nutrients from the umbilical cord. Turned out not to be a problem for him at all. He measured big throughout the pregnancy, and he was born at 8 pounds, 14 ounces. The positive of having two-vessel core was that he got a lot more pictures of our baby than normal pregnancies. We got an ultrasound every single time we went to the doctor uh, from the time we found out about the two-vessel cord until the very end, so I have tons of ultrasound photos of my son. Now, my daughter has a three-vessel cord, and we get only pictures every other time we see the OB. Uh, Pregnancy-wise, I haven't noticed a difference between the two, says Allison. Doc is concerned. 
when they first found the issue with the cord, we quickly learned it was a non-factor for us. And seeing the baby so much on the ultrasound seems to have helped me bond with him faster uh, than I have bonded with my second. Hopefully, that's a non-factor for you as well. That's Allison, who's in a whopping 3,000 square feet in Richmond, VA. Damn, Allison. Husband, toddler, and another baby on the way. Allison, thank you. Thank you. Um, we heard from a couple other listeners who whose babies had also had this uh, issue, and they they all said the same thing, that everything was totally fine. So if you're out there with your two vessels, don't worry about it. Or, rather, don't be too alarmed. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. What's happening over there, young lady? I'm getting some dinner. Oh, interesting. What's your, is that okay? Uh, get sweet potatoes. I'm just kidding. I mean, I can't. Guys, I wanted sweet potatoes from the grocery store. No sweet potatoes. Anyway. That's true. There weren't. I felt this is, bad. This is an email from Anna. Hi, Matt and Dory. Oh, in case you're wondering, by the way, guys. Uh, we've had such a full day of Henry that it is 7.40 p.m. our time on Sunday night. So, And we've, we've been recording much earlier in the day. Oh, yeah. We usually record around 1.30. Um. And, uh, yeah, we're all a little exhausted, but we're getting through it. We are. Uh, from Anna, hi, Matt and Dory. Following up with a recent listener's question about starting therapy. I'm also currently trying to find a new therapist for non-IVF reasons. I wanted to let this listener know that the Psychology Today website is a large directory of therapists listing their areas of specialization. Some therapists specify that they specialize in pregnancy and or infertility related issues. So this may be a good place for you to look if it ends up being not happy, if she ends up not being happy with the first therapist that she tries. Um, I forget who it was. Some Star Trek actress we found out was currently a... A A therapist? A therapist specializing in fertility issues. No way. Like working on like Wilshire Boulevard. What? That's so cool. Yeah. We looked them up. I forget who it was. You know if you listen to the next conversation. Uh, I also wanted to say that the therapist is probably not a good match if she feels like she has to constantly be educating him on infertility issues. That was my thought, too. Yeah. Uh, I previously worked with a therapist who was very nice and helped me with a lot of my anxiety disorder, but I stopped seeing her after a while because I felt like I was having to educate her on LGBTQ issues that were affecting my mental health, and it was emotionally tiring. I agree with your suggestion that she maybe try three to five sessions with the therapist before determining if it's a good match. I hope your listener finds a good therapist soon. Thanks for doing a great podcast. Well, thank you. Uh, Great advice there. We also got a voicemail about therapy that I'm going to play. Psychology Today website, everybody. Check it out. Hey, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. This is Naomi from Chattanooga. 1,700 square feet, nice. one human. I had to pause the podcast um, when you took the uh, feedback from the listener who was working with a new therapist for the first time um, about maybe not being a great fit. Um, I have had a little bit of a journey with therapy, and um, what I've learned is that it's super important to give your therapist feedback if what they're doing isn't working for you. Of course, in a constructive way, but at the same time, they are working for you. So, I mean, you should always be respectful, but you're paying them to help you. So, you should give them feedback. They're providing a service. 
and they're also human. But anyway, so the first experience I had, um, I wish I had spoken up more. I was working with someone that I found locally through my insurance, and it ended up being a horrible fit. And ultimately, it was very easy to nope on out of that situation a few sessions in because, A, I'd run out of sessions on my employee assistance plan, and, B, something happened, and she basically kept canceling our appointments and rescheduling, and it was very weird. And basically, I left her a message and said, thanks for trying, but I've decided to seek the services of another provider. And at that point, I actually started working with someone through the Talkspace app um, now we work on a different platform, but she was super open about telling me to give her feedback, and it was kind of a novel concept for me. I was like, oh, I can give my providers feedback because it's a two-way conversation, and that's been – it's been difficult because I see the therapist as a person in an authority and has knowledge in what they're doing, so who am I to talk or who am I to judge, but also, like, we have a really good relationship, and part of that is because I have spoken up and said certain things that she does are really helpful and certain things that she does or says are not terribly helpful. And because of that, we've been able to have a much better collaborative therapy experience. So I would highly recommend that you still work with this provider a little bit longer, but also give the feedback about the session that didn't go so well. Um, just like Dory said, that may open the door to cutting ties immediately or being able to start a really good therapy relationship. Hope it goes well and uh, look forward to hearing about it. We're going to get everyone into therapy by the time the podcast is I over. I know. I'm so into it. <laughs> what did my mother call him? I forget. Here. Oh, your counselor. Yeah, it was some very, was some very eighties word I enjoyed. <laughs> uh, all uh, right. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for those thoughts on therapy. Yeah. If you have any therapy you'd like, let me know. What? <laughs> uh, um, <sighs> all right. I'm going to read this email from B Bea. I don't know how you I would say B. That's B. B. Arthur. Um, it's not B. Arthur writing us, guys. From the grave. <laughs> Hi, Matt and Dory. First off, let me begin with a sincere statement of gratitude. I've listened to every episode of your podcast. It has offered me so much comfort and guidance through our IVF pilgrimage. As I write this, we are now 16 weeks pregnant with our IVF baby boy. Nice. My husband and I have started early conversations about our future son's sleep arrangements. Mm -hmm. I know that this is the topic you are passionate about and have done a lot of research on. Would you be able to speak in detail on the podcast about Henry's sleeping arrangements from the very first night he was home? We fully acknowledge that every baby is different, so we are using that understanding to solicit feedback from several friends and family members and now you. Thank you again for all that you do and for building this great fertility community for all of us. Cheers, B. 2,300 square foot home in Tulsa, Oklahoma with two adults, one baby to be, and the most lovable and fun 65-pound lab German Shepherd mix named Bear Dog. Mm, sounds like your first few nights might be like our first few nights. <laughs> so, meeting Henry... Bo meeting Henry was a big uh, thing. And Bo sleeps in our room. 
Bo sleeps in, not in our bed. No, Bo but sleeps on he his bed. Sleeps in our on room. his bed in our room. And uh, one thing that you will learn in your research on safe sleep is that it is not safe for a baby to sleep and on a, a dog, dog bed <laughs> in your room. Uh, for a baby and a dog to sleep in the same room when you're asleep. Right. Um, if you are awake and supervising, it's okay for them to be together. But if you are asleep and the baby and the dog are in the same room, that is not safe. So our, our options were to either banish Bo from the bedroom, which we felt would not be in the best interests of Bo, Henry, or us. Yeah. Um, or to have Henry sleep in his room from day one. Yeah. Uh, another thing we did was we sprung for in the early stages a night nanny, yeah, which was super fucking helpful because Dory and I don't know from babies. Yep, our parents were nowhere to be found um, because we had just had the baby and they live on the other coast. So we set aside some of that sweet sweet cash and play paid a, a lovely Polish visiting woman. <laughs> she's an American citizen. I know, but she's visiting Poland right now. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant she was like, it sounded like you were oh, saying she was I visiting no, I'm literally Poland. describing that she's on vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, no. No, she... I was literally describing, because we had to ask, we had to text her in Poland because of yeah. Henry's recent, we're like, we need advice here. What yeah. are we doing? So um, she helped anyway, us in, Carolina the, in came. the early days. Carolina um, came, so she was there. And also, first we, night. we have, a, there's a day bed in his room. So the nights that she wasn't here, Matt was like on duty the first few hours. But I never went in the day bed. But then when it was my turn for the shift, I would I would go sleep in Henry's room on the day bed. Right. But anyway, Carolina. Well, I think what you're really asking is, where did Henry sleep the first nights? He slept in his crib. He slept in his crib from day one with the door closed. Door closed mostly because of Bo. Yeah. Uh, and when the feedings were happening at night, when whenever Dory is handed Bo, uh, Henry, uh, Bo freaked out. Yeah. So part of my job then became interference, getting Bo out of there. So Bo would get up on the bed. He's not allowed on our bed. He'd get up on our bed. Because I was his, feeding Henry in in our bed. Put his nose up on Henry's business. Uh, and we would, I would have to sometimes take him outside. I would take him out to the office and we'd lay down in the office. Bo was, he would calm down. It probably would have been easier for me to just feed Henry in Henry's room. Yes, but also, I will but say also, this. But also, I just had a C-section. It was hard for me to move around. And we did... We did eventually land on Bo being allowed on the bed while you're feeding. Yep. And then he had to get off. Yeah, but But that calmed him down. Super calmed him down. Yeah. Once we allowed him on the bed to just hang out, he would lay at Dory's feet while Henry was feeding. And then he would um, nip at me if I tried to get Henry. (laughs) Just to protect Henry, I guess. I don't know. Um, But then, then... Henry goes back into his room, into the crib, lights off, noise, sound, machine, noise on. machine on, and uh, then 
Bo would go back to his bed. Yeah. Sometimes we did pull Bo because he'd be like, I'm very comfortable here. I prefer to stay here. Um, but yeah, that was the... And then when it was... We were lucky because Dory and I both were off work. We weren't working. So I would always take the first shift. Yeah. Which was essentially from Dory's bedtime, which ranged between 9 and 10 o'clock at night. Although, no, it was usually closer to 11 because I pumped at 11. You were, you were woken up to pump. I oh, would have to right. come get yeah, you yeah, to yeah, pump. Yeah, that's you right. You were asleep. Yeah, forgot. Well, those days were kind of a blur. Yeah. I so sleep. Dory would go to sleep. I would wake Dory up to pump her. I wouldn't pump her. The pumps would pump her. No, you would wake me up at 2. I did that too. Yeah. yeah. She forgets she forgets this because she was in a haze of anyway, let me just as a as a logical human being who remembers all these things. I would take the first shift, which means I would pretty much be up until about three or four o'clock in the morning, just by the nature of the fact that I am the night owl. And you'd have a monitor. Yep. And I would stay out on the couch. Henry staying in his room with the monitor. Um, but I would, I would recommend really an infant care specialist who knows how to get babies ready for sleeping. Because all that early leg work we did of never letting Henry sleep in our bed, never letting Henry sleep in our room, never sleeping in the room with Henry, San Fredori, um, it has paid off. Like the kid can wake up and stay in his crib and just sort of talk to himself for like 40 minutes. And when we put him to sleep now, you know, we do the drowsy, but awake thing. Like he doesn't, fa- we don't rock him to sleep. He right. doesn't fall asleep in our arms. We put him down in his crib. We say, good night, Henry. Yeah. We love you. Mm-hmm. And then we walk out of the room yeah, close the door. Close the door. And he'll fuss sometimes. Yeah, sometimes he fusses. We have to go back in, put our hand on, we put, you know, a hand on his stomach, put his pacifier back in, and then just leave again. And I would say at most we have to do that twice. Yeah, so he goes, and and we're very regimented with his bedtime. So one of us gets the bath going around 5.55. Yeah. Um, and he is in the bath at 6.00. And then our bedtime routine is, and we're very, we're very lucky that we're both around for this for like three months. So, um, maybe harder with you, but if uh, I would say that any, the best possible thing you can do with the kid from my experience, which is not much, I have a one, one, four month old kid, three month old, whatever. I don't even know how old he is. Uh, I would say. It's get on the routine of the bedtime. We started the bedtime routine when he was four weeks old. Yeah. So essentially what I'm saying to you is, so that's, yeah. So he, bath time at six o'clock, we take him in to his room with the light on. I will change him. I dry him off, put him in his pajamas, diaper pajamas. Uh, pick him up. He usually is very cranky by the end of pajama time. Pick him up. He's very quiet then. Hand him to Dory. Dory will feed him from the bottle. Uh, Bo comes up on the daybed with us. 
and we all do nighttime bedtime together. We'll read a story to Henry while he eats, and I will play a little guitar for him while he eats. And sometimes he's like dozing off, sometimes he's not quite ready, but once he's done with the bottle and burped, light off, wipe noise machine on. Sleep sack on. Sleep sack goes on, pacifier goes in his mouth, and Bo knows that when the shusher goes on, that's his cue to exit. So Bo gets off the bed, comes out with me, and occasionally goes out with Dory, but mostly Dory's the one who puts him down for his grand finale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he is, I would say, 99% of the time. We start bath time at 6. He's in his bed, in his crib by 6.30. And I would say 100% of the time, he's asleep for good. For the night, rather. He's asleep <laughs> for the night by 7. I was even going to say 6.45. Yes, but I'm just giving a little extra room. Yeah. But, you know, we had Friday to... night when I had to do bedtime by myself, he was not... Uh, oh, interesting. He was not cool. Well, this did not just happen. No. As Matt work, said. work, work. We we put in a lot of work for this to for this to happen. And there were... And you to know, land on the routine. Yeah, land on the routine. Like, there were, there were so many nights early on where we just had to rock him so many times just to get him to fall asleep. And he wouldn't go to sleep. And he was fussing. And he would wake up. And... And it, you know, it just seemed like that was what it was going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it kind of gradually started getting a little better. I mean, even better. talking about bath time, like, he hated bath yeah, time. Yeah, he hated bath time at first. And now he loves bath now, time. It's, like, his favorite he thing. He loves splashing around. He loves getting ready for bath time. Well, he doesn't like getting ready for bath time, but he likes getting in the bath. Like, if we, if we let him, like, if we could let him stay in the bath for much longer, I think he would be totally happy. Oh, I'd be delighted to yeah. splash around, figure out what his legs do. Yeah. Um... So yeah, so it's been, you know, I, I'm I'm really I'm really glad that Matt has been home. That has really helped yeah, and getting we, that routine. We actually down. have deliberately built the bed we got to decide on what his yes. bedtime would be and when he would wake up. So we landed on this six thirty time because We wanted Matt to have I time know with that him in the I morning. my call time usually at work is going to be seven AM. But what I don't know is when I'll be home every night because sometimes, you know, we're supposed to, we shoot seven to seven as a general rule. Sometimes we wrap a little early. Sometimes we wrap a little late. Um, So I'm gone for 12 to 14 hours a day. Sometimes 16. I've had, I had it last year I shot for 20 hours. Um, So we just wanted to build in a bedtime that allowed for me to see him in the morning just because the morning is guaranteed ish you know i got a four thirty call time next week but that's and i want to be here i'll be in anaheim um but yeah that's sort of how we landed on the bedtime and we could not have done it without uh, wise advice from people who've been through this before yeah so don't be afraid to ask don't be afraid to look into what it might cost for a postpartum doula or someone who knows how to make sleep happen. Yeah. I think even just a few nights with them to get you 
Yeah, to under to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, is helpful. Um, and then in terms of the dog, you know, if your dog is crate trained and can be in the crate in your room and you want the baby to be in your room, then fine. But again, like I, I it is, it is not safe for the dog and the baby to be, for the dog to be, you know, free, <laughs> um, in the same room as the baby while you are asleep. So just, that's just something to, to know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we leave Henry and Bo in the living room sometimes for like, you know, five minutes or so, but that's with because baby he's jail. in baby jail. Yeah. If he wasn't in baby jail, we couldn't do that. Yeah. So, um, that's the story of Henry's bedtime. <laughs> uh, I hope that is helpful and keep us posted about what you decide. I mean, the other nice thing about having him in the crib from day one is we have never had to like do the transition to the crib. He's like used to sleeping in the crib. There's, yeah, there has been no bad habit to break. Yeah. Other than the constant feeding through the night, which that's a baby. That's right. how babies work. Babies need food all the time and then need food. They can eat more and more at once and then have longer between feeds. So we're at a situation now where we just gave him how much? Eight ounces? Eight ounces. <clears throat> we gave him eight ounces tonight and that will hopefully tide him over but it but you can't you can't do that from the beginning because they can't they can't eat that much at once oh i remember us excited about him eating two ounces those little tiny dr brown's bottles that have little two ounce shot bottles yeah that'd be amazing if he got through that in a sitting yeah and now he's taking down eight ounces yeah now he's taking down long long like yard like uh big old yard glasses full of frozen margarita (laughs) uh yeah, I could talk about Henry's sleep arrangements for for days, but I won't bore you all. Um, I think we need to take another short break. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay. Here we are. Here we are again. Tag team back again. Anyway. Um, all right. This next email is from Anonymous, um, who has been a listener since episode one first aired. That is a long time to be listening. Yeah. So thank you. Um, my partner and I have set the goalpost to start trying for a tiny human in late fall, early winter 2020. Okay. Some background on us. I will be 37 in a couple of weeks, and he is a few months shy of turning 42. I've also had a LEAP procedure about 12 years ago to remove precancerous cells from my cervix, and I'm a type A planner. I'm mentally prepared that because of my age, family history of cancer, and early menopause, and the fact that I've been on birth control for almost 20 years, I may not get pregnant right away. I want to send out a testing signal. My 
gynecologist has tested me for potential carrier risks, cystic fibrosis, hemophilia, et cetera, and does not want to test for specific things until we've been trying for six months. She did acknowledge that the leap could cause preterm birth, but those cases are rare. Are there any other tests I can have done in the next year or so to see as much of the full reproductive picture as possible? I remember a while back you interviewed a physician who mentioned several tests, but I don't remember the episode. Also, should I seek out a reproductive endocrinologist if my gynecologist won't test me? Any help in this area is appreciated. Thank you for continuing to share our lives and the podcast. That was our live episode from San Francisco, I believe. Wait, what was? Where we interviewed a doctor. Oh, oh, we interviewed a physician who mentioned several tests. What did you think it was doing? I I am very confused about how confused you are right now. I thought I was like, I thought you, I thought you were saying that like she had mentioned San Francisco and I was like, what? Oh, no, it was our (laughs) podcast we did from Wired. Yes. 25. Yes. In San Francisco. Yes. The episode number, I don't know, but I could tell you that it probably would be from. I think it was October. Of last year. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Because I was pregnant and I just stopped being sick. There you go. Head back into the archives. Oh, yeah. It was playoff baseball. I remember that. Yeah, because we went to that bar. Went to the bar two doors over and I had uh, beer and watched people complain about the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, check out. Go back into our. Excellent Adventure Archives, if you're trying to remember what that episode was. Uh, it'll be with uh, the Egg Whisperer herself, Dr. Dr. Uh, Amy. Amy, uh, who has her own social media presence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where that episode is. And now, otherwise... So there are now some companies, like there's a company called Modern Fertility that will do these tests for you. Um, it they They can't look at your antral follicle count, but they can test your AMH. Excuse me. Okay. Um, I don't know if they test your FSH as well, but they can, they can run some of these blood tests that will give you a partial picture of what your fertility looks like. Um, you can always seek out a reproductive endocrinologist, um, but... You know, you don't have to. I mean, the other thing is you don't have to be completely truthful about when you started trying. Okay. Like they say you should be trying for six months. Well, maybe you've been trying for six months today. You know what I'm saying? I get you, honey. So just saying. (laughs) She is just saying. I'm just saying. Um... So, yeah, I would check out um, Modern Fertility. If the results of those tests seem alarming to you or concerning, maybe then talk to an RE um, if you're not getting the answers that you need. And I'd be curious if other people who have been in your position have thoughts as well. Cool. Um, All right. This next email is from Trisha. You want to read it? Sure. I do. What did I do with that window? Aha! Hi, Trisha. It's Matt. Oh, wait. Hello, Dory and the boys. I am responding to an egg signal sent out by one of your listeners. It's a very late response, partially because I didn't, I don't know how helpful it'll actually be. 
But now weeks have gone by and no one has responded, so I thought I would go for it. Episode 223, Womb Service. Caroline called in and spoke about her four-year-old nephew and his life-threatening brain tumor. She was struggling to find uh, social support for what she was going through, and she anticipated that she might have to go through loss of her sibling's uh, child. About seven years ago, I lost my niece to a sudden uh, accident. And like Caroline, I don't have children, so she was the closest thing I had to my own. And when she died, there was not a community of compassion around me uh, like there was with her parents, which is completely understandable. They were now parentless parents, which is just about the worst thing you can be. There isn't much room for a nieceless aunt. Uh, or aunt, I suppose. We say aunt. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I lean mostly on my mother who was in her own left-behind category of grandchildrenless grandparents. She ended up reconnecting, sorry, she ended up connecting with a support group for parents who had lost children, asking their, the organizer if we could be third wheels. They were gracious enough to accept us. And we spent many weeks sharing with them and crying, looking back. This was, uh, the most I got from this uh, was a forum to tell my niece's story again and again for any who would listen. Those parents did not shift awkwardly when learning about the worst day of my life. They listened to it all. Sharing the truth, we all find out the hard way. The worst thing can happen. These parents didn't question when I asserted uh, life was now and for all time more hollow and more cruel. If the worst should happen for Caroline's sibling uh, and a support group for parents seems too much of a violation, she could reach out to the hospital from which her nephew was seeking treatment and inquire about starting her own group for extended family members who have lost a young relative. Besides that, and allowing the passage of time to soften the sadness, I also journaled a bit. Some days I would write down, uh, write to my niece about how much I missed her and loved her. Other days, uh, it would just give me a place to pour out every bitter, angry, ugly thought about how I didn't understand why this had happened and who I thought was to blame for it. If Caroline is at all interested in contacting me directly... Uh, please give her the information. She's not local to Seattle, but, uh, and the circumstances are not exactly the same, but she's still there. Uh, and thank you, uh, both to you and Matt for the community you've created. Your little family is downright delightful. That's Trisha. 1,500 square feet in Kansas City, Missouri. Three cats, one dog, one boyfriend. Happy to say she's an auntie once again. There you go. Uh, and in case... You read this on the pod, and Caroline hears it but doesn't reach back out. Caroline, I want to say I'm so sorry for what happened to you and your nephew. The world warns us life isn't fair, but it always feels like an other people problem until you watch a child you love in pain. I will be keeping you and your family in my thoughts. Mm. So that is a very thoughtful email from Trisha. Thank you, Trisha. Uh, Caroline, I hope you're, you're doing okay. Your nephew's doing okay. Um, all right. This next email is from Melissa. She says, hello, paused the pod. On this week's podcast, Dory mentioned in a throwaway comment that she and Henry were at Tat Shabbat. Our daughter is three months old, and I've put off finding a synagogue until she was a little older. Do you think we should find one now? <laughs> were there other babies there, too? Thanks, Melissa. I keep forgetting. Oh, also, she says, I keep forgetting. 2850 20, square feet, North Florida, two adults, one 40-pound dog, one three-month-old baby, and for two more weeks, one amazing grandmother watching our daughter while I'm back at work. That's pretty exciting stuff. Um, this is totally your call. I just went because I feel like I, I wanted to do a little like synagogue shopping. Um, 
and I also wanted to see like what what the kids programming was like like an open house but with a synagogue yeah uh but i managed to to go to it um and also henry seems to like enjoy music and is not super fussy so i thought he would be okay at this type of gathering and he was um i'm going to uh get my food dory's gonna collect her postmate Guys, she ordered from Cafe Gratitude, and if you've listened to me on podcasts for a long time, you know that one of my favorite sandwiches of all time is the Cafe Gratitude BLT. But she did not ask me if I wanted anything from Cafe Gratitude. She did ask me if I wanted dinner, and I said to her, oh, I had a late uh, lunch, I ate some leftovers. But had I known that she was going to be ordering food from Cafe Gratitude, I would have asked her to get that sandwich. I wonder if it's any good anymore. But that's on me for not being specific enough. Yeah, you said I asked you if you. Wanted I told to... them the whole story. Don't I come in know. here like a like I said you're some kind of jerk. All right, I just want to be clear. Oh, I said I, I literally said to them, "You asked what I was doing for dinner. I said I'm not eating. I had a late lunch of leftovers. Yeah. You then went ahead and ordered your dinner, but okay. I didn't know it was from Cafe Gratitude. Mm. If the question was. I'm going to order Cafe Gratitude. Do you want anything? <laughs> the answer would have been, yes, get me that fake BLT. All right. Well, now I know for next time. Um, so, yeah, there were other babies there. He was the youngest baby. Um, but there were other, there were definitely, like, babies under a year old there. In fact, one of the babies I met, his mom is an egghead. There you go. So there's quality people. There's quality people at Tat Shabbat. Um, uh, yeah, I'm glad I went. And uh, uh, maybe Matt will come sometime. Oh, my God. Could I? Yeah. I'm not going to. Oh, my God. That was, see, that was fun. That was like a cafe gratitude right back at her. That was cafe in gratitude. Hey! <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, what's next, honey? We got Ryan. Yeah, he wants Tell you me to there's know. an auto body repair video game, sort of. It's called Car Mechanic Simulator 2018, and it's on Steam. It's fun. All right. That's good to know. You, well, you kind of jokingly said that last week. What if I got into that? That would be hilar- hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, I haven't played a video game in about three weeks. Isn't I know. Crazy? You haven't. Well, I'll tell you why. You are fixing my car. <laughs> I was too busy on... <laughs> Car Mechanic Simulator 2018 <laughs> out in the yard. All right. Hi, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. I'm just listening to this week's podcast. I paused the pod to call in, and I find the conversation about car accidents hilarious. I don't know why, but I recently totaled my car at 20 miles an hour when I was ironically trying to teach my boyfriend's mother how to drive. Um, he was not driving, I was, and I heard a siren, and I was trying to, I was trying to, um, tell her that, uh, they're originally from Kenya, trying to tell her that when you hear a siren, you have to check for it, and I think I made it a little bit too dramatic. Anyway, my car ended up total, thankfully the other person's car was a few scratches, but, oh, God. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of that. And also, like, I am—I happen also happen to be a, a rideshare driver in the Boston area oh, who wow. can drive through all kinds of Boston traffic and crap without... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's broken up. Yeah. 
Oh. Trying to demonstrate comes to her back. how you look for an ambulance <laughs> was kind of amusing and kind of reminded me of what you guys are going through with the car situation. All of my accidents have also been at about five miles an hour. You get it. I remember the first time I tried to pull my parents' car in it to the garage after I got a license. I managed oh my to God. knock the mirror off. Oh, oh my God. So on. A woman so after forth. my own heart. Swear. It happens. It's okay. Do you have poor vision out of one eye? What's happening? (laughs) Anyway, I hope you guys are having a good week. Bye. I don't. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. (sighs) Thank you for that voice. I feel. I mean, you know, it's fine. I mean, I bet you could go back in the archives. I wonder if we were doing excellent adventure at the time. Maybe not. But there's a live James Bonding that we did from the LA Pod Fest. I want to say four years ago, Nick Weiger, Larry Miller were our guests. And you were out of town, and I took your car. Matt Gorley and I took your car, your old Volvo convertible, to the, uh, what do you call it? Podfest. To the Podfest. And I backed in, backed up, and shattered your taillight. Which I then glued together and then ordered a new taillight and then put it in myself. Anyway, we're all, we all occasionally do it. But okay, let's all just right. be honest. About four years ago was the last time I did something like that. That's not true. What? what you did happened? the thing to your car. What thing to my car? When you, when you went on the, remember you, par- you were parking? In oh, Marchmont? I, uh, uh scraped the yes. curb yes yeah yeah, yeah. with the with the because it was in uh neutral yeah you also drove away from a gas station with the with the gas things that i did tank. we all remember that yep. that was no damage to the car though no 150 dollars later pump wise yeah <laughs> unbelievable <sighs> that was a peak tiredness yeah you were really that was that was like a tuesday morning after being in New York on the weekend and working, and that might even have been a Monday morning. Yeah, guys, you know I wouldn't come home. I would just le- I would not go to sleep, <laughs> sleep on the plane, land at LAX, and drive to work. Then I would go to work, and then I would leave work at about five thirty because I had to drive to Burbank to tape a live episode of Sidekick with Matt Myra. And then I would get home that night at like eleven thirty. <laughs> That's insane. How did I do that? It was insane. You you almost killed yourself. Well, I had a nice panic attack. Anyway. Guys, <sighs> let's all just be grateful for what we got. Yeah. And uh, the time that we have. Yeah. And the fact that I cannot stop working. Thank God. Well, our final email yes. is from Megan. Megan, who answered the Deep Blue Sea Yes signal. Yes. So it, it was episode 46 of Phoebe. This sounds like it's just the show notes, but maybe this is just her recap. I think this is her, totally her recap. Oh, okay. I, we, Scott, Scott and detailed. I would never put yeah, this much say. effort into. <laughs> okay. By the way, I sent Megan, so you know, I texted this recap to Scott. And we both had a really good time talking about <laughs> uh, <laughs> t- talking about how 
random our show was and how much we miss the show. Well, the 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 question that came up last week was what the hashtag Deep Blue Sea Yes meant. Yes, because Megan hashtag Deep Blue Sea Yes, and I was like, I can't remember what that was a hashtag for. Right. So here, do you want to read it? So or do you want me to read Phoebe, it? four eyes and beard. If you all feel like more Matt Myra in your life with the occasional Dory uh, appearance. Very rare, but it happened here and there. Uh, Scott Mosier of uh, Smodcast and I had a podcast together. F-E-A-B. Look for it on iTunes. It's probably my best work ever because it existed wholly separate from everything and was, was so unplanned and weird. Here's the description of the episode. <laughs> Matt celebrates Scott for his, quote, best voice ever, quote, end quote. And that is the voice of an annoying child whose favorite movie is Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> Matt questions if he could love a child that prefers <laughs> Deep Blue Sea to Jaws. He worries that it would cause him to question his success as a parent and shares his fears that his child will be exposed to Deep Blue Sea at a friend's house. <laughs> A discussion of how parents deal with secretly not liking or relating to their annoying children leads to a call for the Feebles to tweet hashtag Deep Blue Sea Yes if you discreetly communicate that you hate their kids. That they, that they hate their kids. This is quickly amended to uh, not able to relate to their children because hating them is too mean. So we say if you can't relate to your children... You can tweet us, hashtag Deep Lucy. Yes. Scott and Matt sing proud to be an American and agree that Scott would best Matt in a physical fight. Scott worries his vasectomy will Jurassic Park life finds a way reverse and Matt is afraid of the animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese. Dory makes a cameo. After a very specific questioning by Matt and Scott, Dory professes her unconditional love for a hypothetical, <laughs> intentionally obnoxious, deep blue sea obsessed child. Matt states, she's not one of us. She doesn't get the art of not loving your child. Uh, and questions Dory's capacity for relating to deep blue sea fandom. Dory reveals a childhood lisp, schools Matt on mean girls, and Matt and Scott decide they are bad people. This episode wraps with Scott winning a debate over the box office success of John Travolta's later films in which he exclaims, fuck you, wild hogs, baby, fucking killed it. Make it rain, Megan. Megan, thank you for shining a little light into my life with a a recollection of a fun time I had. (laughs) I feel like that was when you and Scott used used to record outside. Oh, yeah, we would do a couple, like, yeah. out in the backyard yeah. and just chill out back there and just sit like with this, Zoom. I this, this was when you were recording back there. It's so... Yeah, that's so funny. I don't, I don't know how many episodes, Scott, I did. 60, maybe? 50 or 60? I don't even know, but... Um, that's a tale. Guys, go check it out if you want to get into a new podcast and listen to me. I mean, that podcast was around so long. You might even hear Kiki make an appearance. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a lengthy podcast. Uh, yeah, Montreal, just for laughs. I forget what year, 2011, something like that. Anyway, Megan, you're one of us, and I appreciate you. Make it rain. Uh, so... That's it for the show, everybody. It is. Uh, reminder, you can all support us on Patreon and get two bonus episodes a month. This week, this this last month's episodes were pretty... I mean, there was one 
egghead that wrote in with the quite a tale quite a tale <laughs> like i mean unbelievable tale and of, then the follow-up was even fraternity. was even crazier <laughs> so you know there's a lot to like over there a huge thanks to our patreon supporters if you support us at the five-year level and above you'll get your name right of the podcast each month you also get the back catalog of patreon episodes if you support us there uh, and here we go. Diane M. Martin. Caroline Land. Frederick Roa. Greg Watchorn. Jennifer H.S. Melody Baltazar. Uh, Tyler Rosewood. Karen Thikershi. Abba N. Alan L. Alec Meredith and the F- and Fletcher Babel. Babel. God damn it. Why did I say it wrong? Allison Dean. Al- Alyssa Stokes. Amanda Lady. Amy. Amy Giles. Amy Sharon. Andrea McCarroll. Andy Pavlik. And Angel Rivera the Third. Angie James. Ann K. Lee. Ann Real. Uh, some Anonymous. April Cheryl. What? <laughs> April Cherry. Ariana Perry. Arthur Finney. Ashley Cicel Lee. Audrey Watson. Aurora and Zelda. Becca Foster. Ben, a PhD. Fred Jarrett. Brianna Taylor. Britt S. Baker. Brittany Bonanza. Bruno Macias. CJ. Carly Moore. Carolyn N. Kathy Hill. Chinami Worth. Chris Dibel. Christina Turner. Christy Maggs. Darlene Estramera. Uh, DFI Plums. Diana. Edwina Morgan Bodo. Emily McNaughton. Erica Brown. Aaron Gudge. Here comes the Gudge. Aaron Turley. Evelyn Schmevelin. Greta Truitt. Hannah Crowder. Heather Nelson. Helen R.B. Hooten Waddle. Jack Woodyard. Jacqueline Griffith. Great. Griffin. Jacqueline Griffin. Jane Callahan. Jennifer Sika. Jennifer Floyd. Jennifer Steele. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jolene Sigler. Julie Phillips. Kane McCall. And Caitlin Young, everybody. Thank you all so much for egging it out with us every week on the podcast. That was Jimmy Pardo's sign off on the podcast. Uh, and the words of the greatest actors of our generation. Uh, Denzel Washington and Mr. Mark Wahlberg. Make it rain. That's your Phoebe sign off. I feel like we've done these sign-offs before. Enjoy your burrito. Enjoy your burrito. Have a have a have a summer. <laughs> so Howard Kramer, but I don't think he signs off. We charted like that. Um, and uh, what was the other one? Was, uh, Andy says disengage. <laughs> okay. What is uh, what do you guys on the forever say? We don't have one. Oh man, get one. I know. Someone asked us to come up with one. We were like, oh. <laughs> How do you not have one? I feel like it's a podcast that would like lend itself so nicely. Well, we one. have an intro thing. Yeah. Well, I think you should. What's your intro thing again? Uh, we're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. We're not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about oh, yeah. serums. Hmm. All right. We'll think about if it. If you can't have it this. If it doesn't list the ingredients, no obedience. That just rhymed. That was nothing. We're going to have to work. I got to go. Okay, bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>